Adam Crowley Show. Wow, wow, is very nice. ESPN Pittsburgh on 970 AM and 106.3 FM. Jacket blocked 17 shots last night. Ian Cole only had three. Would have thought it had been the inverse of that. Is there music playing right now, right above my head at the Carson City Saloon, or did yeah. Tom just pipe it in? No, that's coming right out of the speaker over your head. It could not have happened at a worse time. Oh, that's great. Start the show off. It's a Friday. We're looking to get out of here with a perfect show. Got some bumping fresh tunes up above my head. Damn, you know what? I could dig that. In fact, I might just take the headphones off and just listen to tunes for the next three hours. Well, your microphone's connected to the headphones, so that would create a problem, so leave them on. Oh. So I still have to do the show? Yeah, it is the Crowley Show. Well, your mom listens, and you should, too. 412-922-2874 is the number to call, or you can join the cast of dozens and follow me on Twitter, (laughs) at underscore Adam Crowley. That was staggering, only because I thought it was Tom who usually follows our show meetings religiously. For the love of God, I'm friends with the monsters. Stuck in my head. <laughs> Voices. Oh, jeez. They're going through the whole playlist right now. Yeah. And I'm right under the speaker for the first time ever, too. Like We moved the table this time, and now I'm under the speaker. Yeah, this is not off to a great start today. No. Like, not at all. Like, no. It's, it's, uh, that's a problem. It's raining. It's raining, yeah. Crowley show, under delay. <laughs> oh, well, it's Friday. Who gives it? Oh, I can't say that. You can. I can't. I'm not. We did it 19 uh, times last not year. not going to. Not going to. Ian Cole only had three of the 17 block shots. How is that possible? The Penguins also got 43 shots on the net with the 17 shots blocked. You can talk about defensive breakdowns all you want, and there were some. You can talk about the Penguins play away from the puck and how Matt Murray maybe let up the worst goal, forget of the season, but of his career. Because the Penguins thoroughly dominated this bunch. The Penguins had 64% of the shot attempts at even strength. The Penguins scored two power play goals, and the Penguins' penalty kill was pretty solid until we saw Boone Jenner left all alone in front. But forget about all that nonsense, because the Penguins have something that Columbus does not have. They've got the it factor. And I know that sounds stupid. I know that's not tangible. I know that the metrics don't bear this kind of stuff out. But I'm watching last night's game, and at no point did I think Pittsburgh was going to lose. At no point did I think that the Jackets were going to pull away. Matt Murray, for all his struggles in the game, made a couple of huge saves when the Jackets led one nothing that kept the Penguins in the game. Phil Kessel always plays well on the big stage. Patrick Hornquist always plays well on the big stage. These Penguins know how to ratchet it up, and their talent allows them to be able to turn it on and off whenever they effing please. Columbus is a good team. Are they great? No. They're a good team. And they don't have Crosby, they don't have Malkin, they don't have guys like Phil Kessel. They've got Artemi Panarin, he's a good player, but the Penguins have that guy in spades. So if it's Columbus in the first round of the playoffs, bring him on. If it's Philadelphia, bring him on. If it's Washington or New Jersey, bring them on too. Because these Penguins, they ain't going down without a fight.
412-922-2874. Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. FYI, Sergei Bobrovsky sucks. And I know he's one of Vezina. I know that he's been a good goaltender in this league. But with my two eyes, I'm telling you he sucks. I don't watch Columbus Blue Jackets game every night. Why? Because I've got a life. Because I don't hate my life. That's a masochistic thing to do. Watch Columbus play every night. In fact, it's taken them winning 13 out of 16 to even get into this point where they're a playoff team. Sergei Bobrovsky, though, whenever I'm watching, is 13-10 and 10 in the playoffs with a 386 goals against average and an 850 save percentage. You might worry about Matt Murray. You might be a little bit concerned that he right now looks shaky. But the reality is that guy's been tried and true in the playoffs. That guy's been proven. That guy's got a save percentage in his last two playoff appearances, the only two of his career, of 937 and 924. I mean, that guy makes Bobrovsky not look like a Vezina contender, but he makes him look like that guy should have looked who played goaltender for the Blackhawks last week. The third string dude. I don't fear Columbus at all. They've got problems, and I don't think that they know it. They've won 13 out of the last 16 games, as I mentioned. 13 out of 15 coming in the last night, but they've been down three goals in three of the last four games. When you're down three goals in three of the last four, you're not playing good hockey. You're just not. And last night, yeah, they got some pressure on the Penguins. Their forecheck is fairly ferocious. They have guys who can convert scoring chances, but they do not possess the talent to be able to I think contend with the Penguins in a seven-game series. I'd rather play Philly, but I don't know if there's anybody else I'd rather the Penguins play than Columbus. They've got problems, and as I mentioned, they don't even know it. After the game, listening to sound bites from each of their guys, Boone Jenner and John Tortorella and Sergei Bobrovsky, they were all happy that they got the point because it got them in the playoffs, and we heard from... John Tortorella, and he said that Crowley's distracted by the music. That's what he said. Yeah, just give, give me a second here. Drink some beer. Ah, cold and delicious. Gotta love Bud Light. Perfect beer for whatever happens. Mm-hmm. A beer you can count on? Absolutely. Yeah. Dilly dilly. <sighs> I'm a little bit frustrated I right know, now. I threw you off, didn't it? It did. Yeah. It did. It did, and these things usually don't. And I don't get mad about them. I'm not going to get mad. But I'm not going to pretend like I'm not frustrated. I'm not going to pretend like I'm not distracted. In fact, I am Sergei Bobrovsky. Because I'm a good goaltender. Good radio host. He's a good goaltender. I'm a good radio host. But in the playoffs, he becomes a totally different animal. And whenever I have to hear... Beyonce in my ear, I turn into a totally different radio host. It just happens that way. But they think that they're good. They think that they're playing good hockey. And the reality is 
they've been winning with smoke and mirrors, and the power play has really been aiding them. They've had like a 40% power play conversion rate of late. That's absurd. That's unsustainable. And you're not going to see that many power plays in the playoffs anyhow. Columbus is not a team that I think can win the Stanley Cup. Despite the late winning streak, they're not as good as I think that they were last year. They're one of the best teams in hockey last year. They had a legit chance. They outplayed the Penguins in the playoffs for most of that series, despite the Penguins winning four out of the five games they played. This year, I don't think they're capable of outplaying the Penguins. They could push them to the brink, but I don't think they're capable of outplaying them. We saw that last night. Columbus was ready. They needed to win that game or at least get a point to clinch a playoff berth. They're playing in front of their rabid fans against their arch-rival, and they got outshot by 13. They got outchanced 64% to 36%. They're not good. They think that they are because the results are tricking them. It's smoke and mirrors. It's a mirage. And what's looking back at John Tortorella in the mirror isn't a broken and flawed hockey club. It is a hockey club that's won 13 out of 16. And Mike Sullivan does not get fooled that way. Mike Sullivan will say, we're outscoring teams, we're not outplaying them. And lately, the Jackets have been outscoring teams and not outplaying them. And that's why the Penguins, if you're the Jackets, you don't want to see that club. Not at all. 412-922-2874. Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. Back to the it factor. The Penguins lost their way from 2010 through 2015. They didn't have that it factor. Evgeny Malkin would get frazzled. Chris Letang would get frazzled. Marc-Andre Fleury would have his bad moments in the playoffs, and they just become unhinged. Mike Sullivan comes in. He says... Just play. And the Penguins do. Sure, Evgeny Malkin lost his cool the other night. Sure, it wasn't Evgeny Malkin's best performance even last night. But I don't think we see a spiraling effect with this team. There's no snowball. There's no domino. When something bad happens, they might bitch and moan for a moment until Mike Sullivan tells them to shut the bleep up. Then they're on to the next one. They're on to the next shift. They're on to the next minute. These Penguins are special. Patrick Hornquist is special. When the playoffs roll around, Patrick Hornquist knows how to get the job done. He scored the cup clincher last year. Carl Hagelin scores the empty net goal. Since guys like that, Phil Kessel, have come around, the Penguins do not lose playoff series, have not lost playoff series and sure gone are the Chris Kunitzes and the Matt Cullens of the world and see you later Ron Hainsey and Trevor Daly we love you man they're all gone but what the Penguins have is a strong nucleus of guys who've gotten it done at this level Phil Kessel the knock on him was always he's not physical doesn't play very well away from the puck but in the playoffs that all kind of changes and it has now they bring in Derek Broussard. He's a guy who's great in the regular season, better in the playoffs. Same thing with Patrick Hornquist. And Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin, they just need to be themselves. And with the rest of that talent elevating their play around them, they get it done. Two years ago, against New York, I thought they were going to fade. I thought they were going to falter. They lost game two at home. And then they fell behind three goals in game number five at home. And this coming just two years after they blew a series lead to New York in almost the exact same fashion. What happens? Put a bunch of pucks in the net. 
When you got guys who can do that, it helps. And they were off and running. They played Washington. They're shooting the puck over the glass time and time again. But they come back and they score the goal in overtime. They carried the play in overtime. They won that series. Against Tampa, they fall behind three games to two in that series. And you see the Stars go into hero mode. Last year, they found a way to win despite maybe not being the better team. They came back with the counterattack. Goaltending saved them. And Matt Murray certainly had a hell of a lot to do with that. This team is one that I can believe in. And last night, I didn't think for a second they were going to lose that game. Last night, they flipped that switch. Sure, they need help on the back end. They're not playing great defensively. Chris Letang lost one man and then got beaten on another goal. He needs to be better. But when you've got Kessel and Hornquist and Rust and Gensel and Sherry, all these role players who know how to get the job done, I got faith in that club. And how about Connor Sherry last night? That dude, with the second effort, I think kind of encapsulated the team all in one play. It was a microcosm. He would not give up. Had the breakaway, got stoned, not marijuana-related, and then found a way to get to the puck and throw it in the back of the net. There's another example of Bobrovsky sucking, but he was able to get the job done. Much like the Penguins did last night, and much like the Penguins do every damn time the chips are on the table. Jam-packed show today. Going to hear from Jerry Dulac at 520. Tiger Woods not playing, Will. Uh, neither is Phil Mickelson, so I'm probably not going to watch the rest of the Masters. Rory, doing okay? I don't know. I don't know. No idea. We'll get a Masters report coming up at some point from our correspondent on the scene, Harry Carey. But as I mentioned, Jerry Dulac at 520. we got Randy Slack checking in. At 6 o'clock, coming up in a few moments, we got Brian Metzer from the Penguins Radio Network. But first, we've got another Smokey Report. He's pounding down, loaded up and trucking. Are we going to do what they say can be done? Breaker, breaker, one, nine. Keep it easy because we got a 20 on a Road Ranger plucking pigeons on Green Tree near the Java Joint next to the Goomba Garden at Manila. Pull that hammer back and slow your roll because you don't want to pay that troll toll. You see a Miss Piggy, Mama Bear, Baby Bear, Bear in the Air, Bear in the Bushes, you give us a holler and we'll save you the freight. 412-922-2874. And remember, keep your shiny side up and your skin's on the ground. He's pounding down, loaded up and trucking. Are we going to do what they say can't be done? We've got a long way to go and a short time to get there. I'm going to burn this segment. Burn the tape! Kill the rest of the show. Kill it, Dad. Oh, for the love of God. Now we're talking over each other. That's my bad. Uh, well, we're killing the segment uh, anyway, so you get away with it. You Let's know what? Cut. What else can we say? I don't know. Penis. Boob. Brian Metzer next. When the show really starts on ESPN Pittsburgh. Well. Some dude tweeted me the other day and said that I'm a Madden wannabe and that the first 10 minutes of my radio show was the worst radio we ever heard. My God, if you only listened to the first 10 minutes today, then that would have been the worst radio he's actually ever heard. 
Braden tweets at underscore Adam Crowley. Dude, you really get flustered out on location, don't you? Drink some beer and blame it on Tom. Hashtag just play. Andrew tweets, so if the Panthers win, Flyers lose, the Flyers will be eliminated from playoff contention. Is that correct? No. Panthers got to win two more games. Flyers only play once more. And I want the Flyers to win because I want the Penguins to play the Flyers. More on that coming up in the five-minute major in about 15 minutes here on the Crowley Show. Brian Metzer joins us now from the Penguins Radio Network mercifully. Hello, Brian. How are you? Sure. How are you, Metzer? gone my friend it's great to be here with you do i got you man yeah are you there i got you now oh for the love of god this is one of those shows today it's already (laughs) happening it's all mounting dude it's only when i'm on you know what it's not though because my first segment was atrocious and i feel like i'm sergey bobrovsky last night (laughs) boy looking to the heavens Are are you are you doing that face where you just look to the heavens for answers I'll tell you what, Metzer, that guy cannot play against the Penguins. I have no fear of that team whatsoever come playoff time because he just can't keep the puck out of the back of the net. And I know last year Gensel scored on him from behind the goal, and the Penguins have done that a lot against him, and they've thrown a bunch of pucks off his ass. But last night that was happening again. He just looks mentally fragile. He goes down too early. That team, for as good as I think that they are, and they're a good hockey club, that guy... As the goaltender, they're not winning junk. Yeah, the Penguins are definitely his trip tonight, and I saw like some talk today that his numbers for his career aren't necessarily all that bad against them. Well, that's because he had a pretty good run when he was a member of the Philadelphia Flyers. But while he has been a Columbus Blue Jacket, specifically in big games, he does not make it happen, and he tends to soil the bed linens quite a bit. That's what happened last year in the playoffs, and that's what happened to him again last night. I mean, the guy just seemingly gets overwhelmed. I don't know if he's overthinking it with all of those barrage of, of skill guys coming at him. He had no answer for Phil Kessel's shot last night. Didn't yeah. seem to have an answer for the shot that Chris Letang put on him. And even the Sherry goal, I know his teammates sort of hung him off the dry, but he had no clue where the puck was. And he was just way out away from his net, and it was vintage Bobrovsky. So you're right. If they would run into him in the playoffs, that would be the biggest catalyst for the Penguins advancing. Because right now, Adam, they just do not seem to have a way of having Bobrovsky stop the Penguins whenever he faces them. So that would really be the biggest boost, more than anything, probably, in a playoff matchup between those two. Yeah, couldn't agree more. The Jackets are good. Hell, they won 13 out of 16. I do think some of that's with smoke and mirrors. But when your goaltender is 3-10 and in the playoffs with a 3-8-6 goals against average, you're not going to go anywhere and we'll start with this before we get to the more specific stuff regarding the penguins Uh, i'd rank the teams that i'd want to see the penguins play in this order i'd go philadelphia columbus washington new jersey what say you i i pretty much would agree with that assessment i'm still a little iffy on the flyers and you and i talked about this the last time we got together only because I, I would worry about it getting out of control and the Flyers' power play doing some damage to the Penguins. But really, I think that the Penguins could could win that matchup. Still not really sure what's going to be going on in net for the Flyers, so I think that that's a pretty good ranking. And I know that I've heard some talk over the past couple of days here of people saying that once the Devils would get into a seven-game series with somebody, they would be able to find their weaknesses and they would be able to pick them apart because they have youth, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. They're still 
still the number four team for me on that list based on what they did to the Penguins this year. I know that the Pens got a big win against them last week, but they have the speed. They tend to try and dictate the way the game is going to go. They don't sit back and wait for a good team to take advantage of them or, or show them how it's going to be. They go right out and they attack. And the Penguins, the Washington Capitals, the Nashville Predators, all these other teams, they don't really – they're not so much used to team dictating play. And the Devils, for a young group, have started to do that. And it starts with Taylor Hall and goes on down through that lineup. Nico, Nico Escher, he's a guy that just he, – he's young, he's a rookie. He right now doesn't seem to give a crap about any of that. He's oh. just going out and playing some hockey. What a talented player and what a strong player for being a 19-year-old. Metzger, you're so spot on with that analysis there, man. Uh, they don't understand that they're not supposed to be good. Uh, they don't get that they're probably a year away from actually being a legit contender. And I don't think they're as talented as last year's Toronto squad. But Toronto last year kind of did that same thing. They were young, they didn't give a damn, and they gave Washington a hell of a run for their money. And I see New Jersey being a tough out no matter who they play, uh, whether it's Tampa or Boston or Washington or any of these teams in the Metropolitan. I think they're a team that because of the way that they dictate the play, uh, and can dictate the play, they're going to push a series to six games or so. Yeah, I, I completely agree with that. I mean, and when you look at them, that's a great analogy comparing them to last year's Maple Leafs because it was that same thing. An institution of youth, there was speed, there was some high-end skill right at the top, and they had maybe a couple of more players than the Devils do because right now Taylor Hall seems to be their big gun. It's I true. mean, he's, what, 40 points up on his closest teammate or something like that on their scoring list. But that said, Keith Kincaid has given them a chance to win every night, and they could be even more dangerous if Corey Schneider settles into being the, the same Corey Schneider we know that he is capable of being. And for the Devils, the biggest thing they've got to do, because they could be Cinderella's this year and make a run to the conference final or something like that, they've just got to be careful that they don't play into the headlines and, and read those uh, news clippings too much and become the Edmonton Oilers. Because you can say the same about Edmonton last year. I thought they had a pretty impressive playoff run. They felt like it was going to be easier this year, per se, and they came out and, and did not do a good job and probably wasted the last year of Connor McDavid's entry-level contract, and that's an awfully hard thing to do with a talent like that on your roster to not be able to go out and at least make the playoffs, but they made it a reality. So these teams in the East that have come out of nowhere have to be cognizant of that and not let that happen to them. I'd like to apologize to Brian Metzer from the Penguins Radio Network for giggling uh, throughout his last answer. If you heard that, Brian, it had nothing to do with you and everything to do with Brian here on site, his mic being turned up and him hitting his vape. Come on. And just the bubbles going over the air. It <laughs> sounds sorry, like I'm hitting Brian. a damn bong Brian, over I'm here. I'm very sorry. That's my bad. Is that like an intro to a new Cypress Hill song we're getting? Insane in the membrane. You are the man. Brian Metzer joining us here on the Crowley Show. Let's focus in on the Penguins now. Phil Kessel's banged up. We all know it. Uh, Mike Sullivan talked about it last night. Uh, they have an agreement. If Phil's good enough to go, he's going to go. He wants to be out there. Obviously, he can still fire the pill, uh, as Steigerwald has said in the past. Oh, my. Yeah, I know. These penguins, <laughs> these penguins, uh, I'm telling you, they, they've just they've got that they've got that it factor and I guess we can start with Kessel, but it just seems like if it's a big game, they're not going to it just it's just so hard to beat these guys. I think that that's the biggest thing they have going for them because you've got to beat them 4 out of 7 to get them out of the playoffs. And when you look at what they're capable of doing, any given night 
It could be Sid. It could be Gino. It could be Phil Kessel. I mean, last night, Phil puts on a show. He's probably playing on one leg or whatever it is. But you'd never know it by the way he just wheeled up ice, picking up that puck off of the leg of Matt Murray, taking it end-to-end, ripping off that wrist shot. It's unbelievable that they just seem to come at you in waves, even when they are as shorthanded as they are in terms of depth. I mean, they're not the same team that they were two years ago for sure. They're not the same team they were last year, yet they still find a way to win hockey games. And we're looking at them as a team that has struggled quite a bit this season from time to time. They've had their ups and downs. At one point, we were questioning whether they would even make the playoffs, and they were right there nipping at the heels of the Washington Capitals as of Sunday to potentially win the Metropolitan Division. So if that's an off year, I'll take it. We've said the same about Sid. If that's an off year for him, we'll take it. Phil Kessel, career season. Evgeny Malkin right there with one of his more consistent seasons of his career. This is a team that could be very, very deadly in a playoff series. And like I just said, how do you beat them four out of seven? Someone's going to try awfully hard to do that. But that's a tough pill to swallow for any team in the Eastern Conference. uh, It's not going to be easy. Everyone's going to be coming at them. They have a huge target on their back. But they just find ways to win hockey games, and they get some clutch performances. I just want to see one from the goaltender once they get into round one, because I think that's what it's going to take to really have them make a sustained run. Yeah, you're right about that, Brian. And that's an interesting point. Matt Murray last night, I think, gave up his worst goal of the season. Maybe the worst goal he's given up in a Penguins uniform. But he also made some big-time saves. And I think it was emblematic of what the team did yesterday. Uh, They didn't... they didn't play great defensively they uh, gave up less shots and they dominated in terms of possession and coursey numbers things like that but they gave up the grade a scoring chances but all it takes is a shot from phil all it takes is a shot from gino or or sid or hornquist being a jackass in front of the net and how do you view the performance that they put on the ice last night i i tend to think it was better than some are saying out there Oh, I love the way they counterpunch. I mean, they had to come back from a deficit four different times in that game. So there's something to be said for that. That's impressive. That's got to be a scary thing for opponents moving into the playoffs because they're almost, you know, Jason Voorhees in a Friday the 13th movie. They never stay down. And they play sometimes their best hockey when their back is pressed against the wall because you'll watch them come out and sleepwalk through 40 minutes sometimes and then come out in the third period and find a way to win a hockey game. That's not necessarily a... Uh, a great blueprint for winning another Stanley Cup, but it helps them win a lot of hockey games that maybe they shouldn't. So that, that, that was something I was very encouraged by, that they just kept clawing back, finding ways to tie the game, finding ways to stay resilient and stay in that hockey game. And when you have a goaltender on the other side like Sergei Bobrovsky, that helps because they said that uh, on Twitter today that, you know, for me, what he did was probably as big a piece of the Penguins' win last night as was anything that any of their own players did. But you still have to take advantage of that goaltender. you got to put those grade-A shots on net, and you just got to maybe do a little better job of helping your goaltender. But like you said, I think Matt Murray uh, gave up a couple of leakers last night, specifically the first two come to mind, even though the second goal he didn't get a lot of help on. And obviously on the third power play goal from Boone Jenner, that was a play in which I felt like everybody sort of checked out and left him alone. And Matt, so that's the one thing. I mean, that can absolutely just it, – uh, it can't happen in the playoffs. It can't. No. It's going to kill you. I mean, those kinds of plays are going to kill you in a playoff game. That happens in overtime. If it happens in the third period of a 2-2 game, you're done because you're not often going to be able to get that equalizer with your goaltender pulled or something like that late in the third period of a playoff game because the team just won't even attack. They'll just all stay back in their zone. You'll be down there trying to penetrate, trying to get through the neutral zone, chipping pucks past you and getting an empty net goal. So there's a lot 
there's a lot that still needs to be worked on, but I think that last night was encouraging for what this team could be. Because let's not forget, they still don't have Derek Broussard in their lineup. No. They have Phil Kessel playing banged up. They have probably other guys working through some injuries, and they found a way to beat one of their biggest uh, rivals in the Metropolitan Division in one of the biggest games of the season that pinned those guys down and helped the Penguins solidify their standing in the East. So uh, I think there's some encouraging signs there. You know what, you're right about that. I think last night's game was large for the people who believe that they can flip a switch, and I think it might help convince some people who didn't think that possible. I'm not saying last night was perfect. It absolutely was not, but they did a lot of good things in that game. I thought the penalty kill was really good aside from that one moment, and I think that there are pieces of the game from last night, including that penalty kill, that they can take out of it, Brian, and say, you know what, we're building in the right direction, let's play a good game tonight against Ottawa, and then we'll take some of these things into the playoffs. Yes, you're right, and for me, what I think on that play is if you're a coach for that special teams unit, the penalty kill, and you look at it, it's not that the the Blue Jackets did something so spectacular to beat your PK. That was maybe just a mental lapse. You saw uh, maybe Chris Letang, Riley Shane, think that Thomas Vanek was going to dump that puck around the net or throwing it down along the wall, and instead he made a pretty skilled play, making that behind, like almost spinning his body in a contorted way to get that pass to Boone Jenner in front. It was tape to tape. Boone Jenner did a great job of taking the pass and then scoring the goal. So they made a nice play, too. Let's not take that away from them. There was, and so when you look at that, you can say, okay, we can coach that up. We can show the video and say, stay with that man. Don't leave him. So there were encouraging signs. I thought the PK did a nice job on every other kill they had. And I, I even like the way the power play looked. That's now five power yes. play goals inside of three games, even though they had that over the Washington Capitals game on Sunday. But that just, as a whole, the Penguins did not look like a team that were ready to play that night. So let's throw that out, even though it's hard to do with it being right on the cusp of the playoffs. In the past two or three games, I think there's been a lot to like with the special teams unit. They're tightening up a little bit defensively. They're doing some things well. You just got to get the mental lapses out of there, and I think that's something the coaching staff will work on doing here over the next week because that's a good thing. After tonight, you have four or five days to practice and work right. hard because you're maybe not going to play till Wednesday, maybe Thursday. I think it'll be Wednesday. Last thing here for Brian Metzer of the Penguins Radio Network, Broussard, I think they're hoping will be back for game one of the Stanley Cup playoffs. Let's pretend like they are. Let's pretend like, or pardon me, let's pretend like he is back. Who comes out of the lineup? I really like Zach Astorice on the fourth line. I like Joris, too. Uh, what would you do with the lineup if he's healthy, Broussard? Uh, I think the biggest thing it does is uh, even when Carter Rowney gets healthy, even though the coaching staff seems to like him, I think that's going to keep him out because he's not had his best season by any means, so that's a guy to keep an eye on. And I still will be curious to see if a guy like Connor Sherry has done enough to solidify himself. I know he scored some goals lately. He's looking like a, uh, a little engine that could. He's been digging hard in the corners, but he's still in the playoffs, going to have a tough time against big bodies doesn't always make great plays on the puck and in the corners, so that's going to be something interesting for me. I agree with you. I think Josh Juris is a nice extra. He'll certainly be in the mix for a lineup spot if there's an injury. I don't know that he'll start this, the, the postseason in the lineup. I think you're going to see Broussard and Shea in centering those last lines, obviously. Zach Aston reese they think very highly of. They believe he can win hockey games for him, so I think he'll be in the lineup. I think Rowney stays out, and I think Sherry's the guy to keep an eye on as a tweener, uh, as a guy that could potentially come out. Boy, did he play his tail off last night if he, he thinks did. that he might be losing a spot. Uh, Mets, really appreciate you carrying me. It has been a terrible 40 minutes for me to start the show, so thank you, and I love you, and be good.
I love you as well, my friend. Thanks for having me, and uh, we'll do it again soon, I hope. Yes, sir. How about that? Reciprocation of the love. We now go out to Augusta National with our correspondent on the scene, Harry Carey. We'll start things off at the tippy top of the leaderboard at Augusta. Patrick Reed out in front of everybody else with a seven under. Patrick Reed reading greens out there like LeVar Burton reading books on his beautiful rainbow. Crazy thing, those rainbows. They're full of like six or seven different colors. I just love to look at them. The Cooch Man, Matt Coocher as I like to call him, at one under today in the Masters. It's always fun when the Cooch is looking good. Bottom first here. The Royals are trying to overturn a group of Indians like it's 1620. They trail 3-2. to two. And finally, a sleeper pick for you. Zanbar Souffle. I know he's 5-over, but trust me, Adam, he's a fast riser. Back to you. Coming up next, I've got faith in Murray. To you, it's a ground show. And now, a page from the Diary of Flo. Dear Diary, the ghost is back. This house is protected through Progressive, but that doesn't mean it's not haunted. How else would you explain that radiator-like clanking sound? Or the moon-colored light in the hallway that's gone by morning? Maybe he never bundled home an auto, and he's doomed to suffer an eternity without the savings. Save an average of 17% on car insurance when you bundle home an auto through Progressive. <gasps> what was that wind-like sound? Oh, right, the wind. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Discounts not available in all states or situations. <laughs> <laughs> Sports Radio 93.7 Our top story, the Pittsburgh Pirates are going to win everything and Pitt is the greatest program ever. This update brought to you by Bowser. That's the power of Bowser! is the number to call. You can tweet us on our fan text line, although we never get to it. Today's topic, if you go to the Pirates game, are you going to hell? Give me a ring. We'll go to Paul in Blonox first here on the show. Hey, Marzi, I'll tell you there, I'm not going to put another penny in that nutting's pocket. That guy, he's dead to me, Marzi. Thanks for the call, Paul. We'll go to Jimmy now in Uniontown. Hey, Marzi, uh, thanks for taking my call. You know, for me, it's all about going down PNC and creating memories with the kids. That's what it's all about. That's what my dad did to me, and I'm going to continue to do that. Thanks. Thanks, Jimmy. Great point there. Coming up next, we've got 20 minutes of commercials. We'll hear from Jim Rome, and then 20 more minutes of commercials. It's 93.7 The Fan. Sports Radio 93.7 The Fan. I don't know if we'll always play the full fan parody before I get into some awful topics, but we will play portions of it, because whenever I feel the need to ask a sportsy sports sports question, I always feel bad, because I feel like that's the only thing you're getting across the street, and I want to be me, which is fun and 
God bless Tom. Thank him very much for saving the last segment. Actually, I, I apologize. That was Harry Carey. I I'd like to thank Harry Carey for saving not only the last segment, hell, but the show. But we have fun here, and we talk about sports in an entertaining fashion, and if you don't like it, well, you're not one of the cool kids. Because here's the deal. The signal sucks, but we don't. We're funny, we're fun, and we're intelligent. All that being said, 412-922-2874, do you have faith in Matt Murray? That's our fan question of the day brought to you by <laughs> Bud Light, the perfect beer for whatever. I hear a lot of Penguins fans bitching and moaning on Twitter about this, though. And I hear a lot of Penguins fans bitching and moaning via Collins. Can Matt Murray carry the Penguins to a third straight Stanley Cup? And I don't think that's the right question. Can he carry them there? We haven't seen him be able to carry the team all year long. He just hasn't been good enough from a I'm Matt Murray standpoint. He's incredibly talented. He's long. He's athletic. The glove hand eh, leaves a little bit to be desired, but you don't win two straight Stanley Cups if your glove hand is that awful. He's a high-pedigree player who has excelled at the highest level and played his best hockey when everything's on the damn line. But he hasn't lived up to that this year. And he's a little bit a victim of circumstance. Jamie Dixon was the same thing at the University of Pittsburgh. He coached Pitt to become a top 10 team, took him to the Elite Eight, they were going to the Sweet 16, and then at the end of his tenure, he wasn't bringing in the same players, they weren't having the same kind of success, they lost in the first round to Wisconsin, they scored four points in that game, at least that's how I remember it, and they said, see ya. But at the University of Pittsburgh, getting to the tournament prior to Jamie Dixon, that badass, congratulations, because it didn't happen a lot in the history of the program. Honestly, it's the same at West Virginia if you look at Beeline and Bob Huggins. But the next guy after Huggins is going to have a bitch of a time. Stallings had a bitch of a time. Because the reality is, you become a victim of your own success. Matt Murray the last two years has been dominant in the playoffs. Outstanding. 937 save percentage last year. What, are you kidding me? For a rookie? Back-to-back -back years, both as a rookie? He's got a 928 career save percentage. It's tough to live up to that. Uh, goaltenders throughout the league don't put those numbers up in the playoffs. I do have faith that Matt Murray will raise his game from what he's put on the table all year long, but I don't necessarily know if I believe that he can take it to the level he's taken it the last two years. Also, I think the last couple of years, the Penguins have been better defensively. So can he carry them to the Stanley Cup? I don't think so. But can he be good enough for the Penguins to win it for the third year in a row? Absolutely. Who'd you rather have, Murray or the guy that the Penguins played last night? Who'd you rather have, Murray or Braden Holpe? The answer's clear. It's double M, and we're not talking about the super genius. Matt Murray plays better when there's stakes. The Penguins were down one nothing yesterday, and he stopped a breakaway and another chance right in tight and kept it a one-goal game. Marc-Andre Fleury used to do that all the time and not get credit for it. Marc-Andre Fleury never put up the dominant numbers. He never put up a 937 save percentage in the playoffs, and yet he was good enough to help the Penguins win not one, not two, but three Stanley Cups. Two years ago, the Penguins don't make the playoffs if Marc-Andre Fleury wasn't excellent in the beginning portion of the season when Mike Johnston was coaching the team into hell. 
Matt Murray doesn't need to be the Matt Murray from the last couple of years. Matt Murray needs to be the Marc-Andre Fleury from 2009. Play really well, make the timely saves, and allow your skill players to put the puck in the back of the net. And I've got faith that he can do that. What say you? 412-922-2874. Sorry I had to do that to you. Uh, Throw the question out there at the end. But I am interested. I mean, the guy's won two Stanley Cups, and he's getting hated on on the Twitter.com. It's now time for the five-minute major. It's time to get fucked up with some of the best damn hockey talk on the planet. You go to the box, you know, uh, you feel shame, you know, and then you get free. This is the five-minute major with Adam Crowley. If I had to kiss a man, it would be Brad Pitt. But a close second would be Phil Kessel. This guy plays out of his mind around playoff time. He'd been in a little bit of a dry spell lately in terms of goal scoring. He scores two yesterday in what I would consider the Penguins' most important game of the year. If I had to kiss another dude, I'm kissing Hornquist. I'd ask him to shave first. I'd have to be on top. But I'd kiss Patrick Hornquist because that guy gets it as well. That dude is a bitch to play against. And his goal yesterday was so delightfully Patrick Hornquist, a bouncing puck that he turns around and bounces it back in the net. He's going to be a nuisance for goaltenders all year long. He's going to be a pain in the ass to play against. And he's going to score big goals. He scores the goals that were not scored before he got here. What was the biggest issue for the Penguins if you go back to the 2013 series whenever they only scored two goals in four games against Boston. It was the Penguins did not get to the front of the net. Boston kept everything to the outside. Patrick Hornquist, he's all about the inside game, baby. He's freaking Shaquille O'Neal. How about Connor Sherry's game yesterday? Brian Metzger said he's somebody who might get ousted out of the lineup. Not with efforts like yesterday. We've seen Connor Sherry be able to be a great player in this league he's done most of it with Sidney Crosby but if he's playing with Derek Broussard and Phil Kessel that's a pretty good consolation prize Connor Sheary last night played as well as he's played in a long time and he's coming on at the right time six points in his last nine games one of the biggest plays of the game yesterday that I circled in my imaginary scorebook was Malkin's back check wide open yawning cage bad rebound puck sitting right there in the blue paint And Malkin's like, "Eh, it's playoff time. I'll take that from you, thanks. Like it's a welfare check. Penguins scored five goals, by the way, last night without Crosby and Malkin putting one behind Bobrovsky. Everyone and their mother scored, but not Sid, not Gino. I think reasonable people would argue they're the best two players on the Penguins. Neither of them scored. And the Penguins still put up five. I think that bodes well for the playoffs. By the way, what time is it? Oh, yeah, five past Bavrovsky. I think you want the Philadelphia Flyers to win their last game. And I think you want Columbus to lose to Nashville. And I think you want New Jersey to lose to Washington. If that happens, Philadelphia slides up. Who cares about the rest? The absolute best-case scenario for Pittsburgh, I think, would be Philadelphia in round one. And I've now amended it to Columbus in round two. Wouldn't mind playing the Capitals in round two. But give me Philly first. And it's not all that far-fetched. The Flyers are playing their biggest rival, the Rangers. 
The Rangers suck. And you've got Nashville, the best team in hockey, playing up against Columbus. And you've got Washington, who's one of the best teams in the Eastern Conference, playing New Jersey. The Penguins could find themselves playing Philly. That's a five-minute major. Coming up next, it is Around the Bags, and David DeCastro wants CTE. It's the Crowley Show. Hi, Tom Bodet. Ever notice how some places use fancy words just to make things more expensive? Like calling anything handmade craft, or using aioli when they just mean mayonnaise. Well, at Motel 6, expensive words aren't really our thing. Our thing is clean, comfortable rooms at a great low price, so you can get a good night's sleep that leaves you feeling as fresh as that massage kale salad. I'm Tom Bodette for Motel 6, and we'll leave the light on for you. Book online at motel6.com. At underscore Adam Crowley, this is coming from Andrew. I talked to the wife. I could not convince her to name the baby Crowman. I tried. Oh. Hey, Andrew, I got one word for you. Divorce. <laughs> 